Nations, welcome to the official podcast of Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders. This podcast is here to ignite kingdom purpose and equip you to reach your potential for a global harvest. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on social media, and share this podcast with your friends so they can be empowered. On today's episode, Amanda Borders, a pastor's wife who has a passion to see revival in this generation's youth, reminds us of how deep and rich God's goodness is and how we can see it each and every day. You don't want to go anywhere. Let's get into today's episode. It's great to be back with you. Um, It has been a while. A lot has happened. Um, We have taken a church in Chickasha. Um, Lots of things have happened. We've moved. We've bought a house. Um, We're having fun. We feel blessed and um, excited to be in Chickasha. Um, It has been it's been crazy. It's been busy, and we love every minute of it. So it's great to be back with you on Next Gen Podcast. Um, I am missing everyone and can't wait to see everyone at OYC. Um, getting excited about that. Hope to see everyone there. Um, I'm going to start in by telling a story. Um, my husband and I were privileged to go on an anniversary trip. Um, a few months ago, and we visited many parts of Arizona. I had never been to that part of the United States before, so it was exciting to see all the cities in Arizona. We went, uh, we flew into Phoenix, and then we drove to Sedona and Flagstaff, and then drove over to the Grand Canyon, and we were able to see the Grand Canyon and hike down into the Grand Canyon. Um, we had a, a blast. We were um, we stayed in a tiny home, which is the first time we've ever done that, and it was it was really really exciting. If you've never stayed in a tiny home, I suggest you do it. It was it was really fun. Um, but one of those days, we were able to hike um, at Cathedral Rock in Sedona, and it was just it was beautiful. We went. We took our trip in May, and it was it was hot and it was dry, um, but we were we were able to hike. And my husband and I have discovered that over the years that we we really like to hike. We um, we're not professionals. We don't have the shoes. We don't have the gear. We don't we don't have all the outdoorsy stuff. But we just discovered that we we like to do that. Um, as much as possible when we go and visit new places. And so we went and hiked at Cathedral Rock. Um, It is a place of like these big, smooth rocks. And that particular day, there was not a cloud in the sky. And it was kind of hot and the sun was beating down. Um, and we, um, hiked up 
and there was there were several plateaus and we we made it to the third plateau and we were able to stop and sit there and to be honest um there were there were several more to go but i could i couldn't go any further it was it was a, a lot um it was it would i was not prepared for it i had not been training for it um and so uh my husband would tell you that he <laughs> he is um upset that we didn't we didn't make it all the way to the top because we heard that there's some incredible views from the top but we didn't make it up to the top we made it to this third plateau and when we sat there underneath this tiny tree um, we were able to look out over and see just this beautiful valley in the place that we had come from and and it was just it was incredible this view it was like the silence up there and just being able to look out over this this valley and see all the wonderful things the skyline the mountains across the way it was it was incredible up there and you might could say like i i could see god's goodness all over the place up there just this expanse of just um just beautiful breathtaking and we can rejoice and be like oh man god is so good he just he just makes beautiful things um now when we were at the bottom of the mountain and we started up it wasn't very fun because like i said it was hot it was dry um we had to drink lots of water, and thankfully we were prepared to bring water, and the sun was shining, and there was no clouds in the sky, and it was just, it was a struggle to get up this, this, um, mountain that we were trying to get up because the rocks were smooth, and you couldn't find a place to put your hands or your feet, and the rocks were actually hot to touch, and just trying to get up there and, um, going up higher and your breathing and all that stuff. And it was it was hard, but it was totally it was it was worth it and I wish we could have went up um even further. Maybe next time I will prepare myself to be able to do that. But um it was it was so worth it to be up there and look at the view. And we can apply this to our lives um, you know, the climb up and the journey, we don't always see God's goodness and the climb may be hard and the climb requires a lot out of you. It requires some sacrifice and discipline and, and something I obviously didn't have because we didn't make it all the way to the top. Um, but it requires a lot. Um, and we see, uh, in, I'm going to read Psalms 23, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies, 
Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. So in the Psalms 23, we're here and we see that we're in the valley of death and eating at a table of our enemies. Now that doesn't sound like a pleasant thing, but the scripture goes on to say, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This scripture tells us that, you know, every time I turn around, every time I look back, goodness and mercy are right behind me. No matter what I'm going through, you know, I can turn around and know that goodness and mercy are right there. It's running after me. Um, That song that uh, Goodness of God by Bethel Music Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. And we can, we often sing songs of um, God's goodness. I mean, we can, we can go through the motions and we can come into church and we can, we can sing and it's easy to sing about how great God is and to sing of his mighty victories and how he loves us. And it's, it's easy to do that, but it's not easy to say God is good sometimes when I'm in a valley. It may be hard to say, you know, God is great and how he loves me. But to understand who God is, we must first find out what it means to say, like when we say God's goodness or the goodness of God. You see, God doesn't just do good things. God is good. God can be nothing but good. Psalms 34 and 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Psalms 107.1, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Or Psalms 135.3, Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name, for it is lovely. Now, when we say the word good, it's oftentimes watered down and overused. Like when someone asks, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Or we describe a boring hum-ho day as good. You know, my day was good. Or we talk about someone who is nice or kind as, hey, they're, they're a good person. But the goodness of God is much richer and so much deeper. The Hebrew word for good is described as pleasant, excellent, rich, valuable, prosperous, kind, beautiful, and only one person is good by these standards, and that is God himself, because God can be nothing but good. Now I'm going to pause a moment and I want to ask you, now in your own words, I want you to think and reflect how you would describe God's goodness. Now in your own words, just think, how would you describe God's goodness? And then I want you to ask yourself, how is God's goodness present in my life right now. You can take a moment to 
reflect on those things? How is, how is God's goodness present in my life right now? Now, um, God met Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and God is up there, Moses is up there, and God is giving him the Ten Commandments. And Moses made this bold statement before he was given the Ten Commandments, and he, he said, when he, when he said, show me thy glory, and the Lord told Moses to meet him on the mountain, and that God and the Lord's goodness would pass by him. He makes this bold statement, show me thy glory. And we read on in Exodus 34, 6 through 7, and I'm going to read it in the NIV version. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. Now, God's goodness was revealed to Moses in these seven attributes. We see that God is compassionate and gracious. We read that he is slow to anger, and we also read that he is abounding in love and faithfulness. We also read that he is he's forgiveness. He's forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin in verse 7. And we also read that he is justice. It says in verse 7, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. And we have all experienced the goodness of God on a daily basis. I mean, his goodness is is everywhere we look, compassion, love, grace, faithfulness, forgiveness, peace, joy, gentleness. But I also believe that we grow in the awareness of God's goodness through time. It's like um, when you trust someone, okay? When you, when you trust someone, it, it, you have to earn trust. It takes time to trust someone. But as we mature from a student to an adult, we become more aware of how God is good to us because it is easier to trust God and see God's goodness when we've been through some trials and you have seen with your own eyes how God has been there with you through the whole thing. When you can look back and say, wow, God was with me through this whole thing. Same with understanding that God is good and he is good all the time. It might be harder when you're when you're younger to fully understand God's goodness because you have not had the experience or the knowledge of how, you know, how God has been right there with me. He's been good to me. And I think, you know, as parents, we should be teaching our kids these things. We should be allowing them to see, you know, or to to see like when when he has been with us through um, a trial or something that our family is going through, allow them to, you know, be a part of it and celebrate with us when God has done something good in our lives and show them that, that God is good all the time. And when we understand God's goodness, 
then we are aware of how it it will then we are aware of it okay when we see God's goodness we're aware of it and it will affect who we are as a person okay i mean it affects our worship to God you know when we say this a lot at our churches you know um if you see me worshiping you know this is the reason why I worship is because you didn't know who I was back then and where brought God has brought me from today. You know, we we in our worship, it affects our worship. It affects how we pray to God. It affects how faithful we are to God. But have you ever noticed like how your prayers change depending on your life circumstances? I mean, when life is when life is good, I mean, you can smile and rejoice and dance and and jump up and down, run the aisles. It's, you know, life is good. I can rejoice. But when life is not so, so good, it's not going so good, you may find yourself, you know, maybe you're praying a list of worries or maybe it's a little harder to pray those rejoicing prayers. You may find yourself praying more of like desperate prayers, or you may just stop praying to God altogether. Well, while both of those are important, you know, there is a healthy balance um, between the two, but I mean, we need to rejoice and we need to, you know, pray to God for our needs. But sometimes, sometimes the prayers that we pray may not ever be answered. And those prayers that are never answered, we might need us to evaluate what we're, maybe what we're praying. They might be, they might be the wrong prayers to be praying. Maybe they're, they might be prayers of self-gain and not prayers of God's will. And then we can get upset with God when we feel God isn't listening to us. But you know, maybe we need to stop and examine ourselves and figure out if what we're praying, if our agenda matches up with his agenda. It all goes back to my will, my way, my time. Instead, we should be praying his will, his way, his time. And it's easy to say, God is good when you're on the mountaintop, you know, when you can experience God's goodness. But it is harder to say God is good, you know, when you're like Psalms 23 in the valley of death and eating at the table of our enemies, you know. But when we, when we, the climb might be hard, you know, when we might be uncomfortable, when we might be hot. When, you know, maybe we don't know which path to take and we're walking and we're climbing up this mountain and we don't know which turn to take or we don't have a a foothold on the mountain. We, it's hard to say God is good or maybe we get up the mountain and we've got to stop and we've got to be still and take a rest and reevaluate what we're doing 
might be hard to say God is good. We see Eve in the garden. Adam and Eve were given every tree in the garden except for one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent convinces Eve that God doesn't doesn't care about her. He doesn't want her to eat of this tree. He wants to keep this from her, this knowledge from her. He wants, God wants to, you know, not share with them this one thing. I mean, God doesn't want you to have fun. He doesn't want you to partake in the tree. And Eve justifies disobeying God, and then she ate of the fruit. But what Eve didn't realize was how blessed and how good God was to her. I mean, they lived in continuous paradise 24-7. They were living in paradise, and... where they could they they were living in Paris where they could walk with God in the cool of the day and have a one-on-one relationship with him. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. But Eve justified disobeying God. So when you start to justify your actions or your agendas, that should be a big B I G big warning that you are going down the wrong path. And I will say that again. When you start to justify your actions and your agendas, that is a big warning that you are going down the wrong path. We can start believing a lie that, you know, God hasn't been good to me. You can get this distorted view of God's goodness and how somehow He's... He isn't good in our eyes. We can get bitter and start blaming God for, for all the wrong that has happened to us. We can start blaming Him for everything. We might even start blaming others. We might even start blaming the church. Because we feel like God hasn't been good to me. The church hasn't been good to me. So we start blaming everybody else. Okay? When we... Maybe when we see the blessings that everybody's receiving and we're not receiving any blessings. Maybe the doors aren't opening for us, but so-and-so, doors are opening around every corner for them. Maybe when we don't receive that healing, when everybody else is being healed or we see everybody else's needs being met, but our needs aren't being met, Maybe we're praying prayers over and over and over again, and they just, we're just not seeing them come to pass. They're just not happening. And we can start saying, well, God isn't good. I mean, he, he don't like me. He wants me to suffer. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't see me. When we start doing that, we have missed out on God's goodness that is all around us. The enemy has lied to us. The 
enemy says, because you don't see it, then you don't have it. And we know that isn't true. I mean, the world tells us the more you do, the more you get. You know, the more you, the world wants to tell us the more you sacrifice, you know, the more, the more you get. So when we sacrifice more, or when we do more, I mean, we expect to be blessed more. I mean, we are such a needy people. We just want more and more. Um, when something unfair happens, um, anything, when something unfair happens, I always tell my kids, it's just life. And I say it so much, my kids start singing it back to me. They, they, they throw it back in my face. Mom, it's just life. It's just life. But because we are privileged to breathe this air, and we are privileged to live this life, and life's ups and downs, but life is not always up. You know, bad things, bad things happen, and it's not always someone's fault. It's just life. Um, and we have a target on our back for the enemy. I mean, because we are different, we are a target. But, you know, sometimes our troubles are not from the devil, and sometimes our troubles are not just life, and sometimes they're just from me, myself, and I, because I can get myself into a lot of trouble all by myself real fast. So when we realize that God does not God doesn't owe me anything. I'm not above God. He don't owe me nothing. And when I realize people don't owe me anything and I realize that the world definitely does not owe me anything and that God's goodness or the goodness of God is just this wonderful bonus of being able to live this life. Uh, the, the chorus of the song by Bethel, The Goodness of God, it says, And all my life you have been faithful, and all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God. God, it's been so good to us. I mean, you can look around every corner and see God's hand and his goodness upon us. Um, I'm going to leave you with one last story. Many years ago, um, I started writing Dear God letters for when uh, my husband and I would be making big decisions, you know, such as like purchasing a house or a car. And it was kind of a way for me to sit down and and write on paper what I was going to be praying specifically for. So when we moved to Chickasha, um, I wrote a Dear God letter for our future home and our future church. And... Um, it was it was a it was a pretty long letter. It was two pages. Okay, I I I'm sometimes I'm a, I'm a little extra, 
And I think God thinks that too. I mean, my husband can testify to that. that I may be a little extra. Um, so my letter was two pages long. Um, and I knew this was going to be really difficult because I, I do not like selling a house, buying a house. Um, our, our second house that we purchased in more, um, we had a bad experience. So I, I, I needed, I needed a lot. My two pages had a lot on it. Um, and so over the course of several months, um, I would, I would pray this letter that I had wrote to God and it was not looking good. There was no houses. There was, there was nothing. There wasn't even anything worth looking at. Um, and I had like these expectations for the house. You know, I was, I was telling God, you know, I, we need to be in a house at this time because the kids were going to start school. I needed this house at this time. And, you know, God, I need your work. I need you to get to work. Um, but as, um, when did we purchase this? Um, a few months, or we've only been here for a month. Um, this house came available. We actually only looked at um, three houses. Um, one that needed a lot of work. And one that was too far from the church. And this one that was just right. And actually, when we came and looked at this house, we walked in um, to the front door. Actually, um, this house was online, and it didn't have any pictures. And all I had was the description and the price. And so when we walked in, we walked in blind because we didn't know what it was going to look like. But when we walked in the front door... I remember saying, sold, where are the papers? Let's sign them right now. It was, it was perfect. It was everything on my list, on my dear God letter. It had everything and so much more down to the littlest details. Um, it, it was perfect. Um, and I was like, man. That's how God works. He's so good. But in Moore, we had this tree in our front yard. Um, it was a red maple. And when we moved um, in, it was a small tree. And over the course of seven years, it became like this, this huge tree. And I just loved that tree. I love the shapes of the, the leaves. And in the fall... Um, it would turn like this beautiful bright orange and then this beautiful bright red and then purple and then the leaves would fall off. Um, and it was so beautiful. So when we moved into this house um, in Chickasha, I knew there was a tree in our front yard and it was it's by the, by the street. Um, but I didn't pay much attention to it. Um, it's, a, it's a small tree. And I knew it was there. And last week, um, we were pulling out of the driveway to take my kids to school. And I looked over, and the leaves on that tree were bright orange. And I realized at that moment that 
that tree is a red maple. And I remember turning to my kids and I said, look how good God is. He did that just for me. He gave me that red maple tree just for me. And, you know, that that tree wasn't even on my Dear God letter. But he knew how much I loved that other one. And he is just too good to me and I don't deserve it. And he gave me exactly what I needed. And God's goodness and mercy is a promise to us. He is good all the time. And I want to leave you with a challenge. Um, The challenge is once you write down every morning something, something good God has done for you. And, and write down something different every day because God's goodness is all, all around us and, and there's, there's plenty of things um, and reasons why God is good that you can write down something different every day. And maybe um, to make it more challenging, maybe r- think and write down how God was good to you in maybe a valley situation. Or maybe... You have a big decision coming up. Write you a Dear God letter and and share it with NextGen on how God has worked it all out for you. We'd like to hear those stories. Um, we'd like to hear how um, what God is doing in your life. So I want to thank you for listening, enduring through my podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting Next Gen. And may God's goodness and mercy run after you. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to the Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders podcast and social media so you stay up to date on our newest content. Until next time, we pray this episode ignites something within you.